Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening. Hey, good evening, everybody. I'm David, and this is Take2Radio in Review, and with me tonight... I have Candace. Hello, everybody. Hi, Candace. Um, Hello. Candace and I are soloing tonight <laughs> because we're saying prayers. Hole. Yeah, we're saying <laughs> prayers for our co-hosts. Um, one, our Carolyn, um, is in Florida helping out friends who were affected by Hurricane Michael. Mm-hmm. And Pam is out in Chicago helping friends um, from a possible flood they're having. Yep. And and our friend Anthony is in recovery for an eye infection, and we have been praying for him. So Candace and I are holding the boat. But pretty tonight, can yeah, pretty much. Tonight <laughs> we are welcoming. Our special guest actress, T.C. Warner. Welcome, T.C. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm doing much better, thank you. And and it's so wonderful to hear that everybody's out, you know, helping others. That's such a a wonderful thing. It's always a a good excuse to, to fill in for somebody who is out helping others, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Helping, helping is, people means that you care, and we need more of that, you know, helping others. We do. Exactly, exactly. That's what makes the world go around, right? Amen. Yes, it does. Amen. <laughs> well, ma'am, shall we get started? We Absolutely. shall. We, we shall. Okay, so, TC, um, our listeners would like to know, how did you get started in acting and when did you know acting was something you wanted to do? Uh, boy, in other words, when did I? When was I bit with the bug? That's what uh, yeah. everybody wants to know. When did that? When did that bug start biting? When did I start scratching that itch? So I, I was, um, I was very young, and I was born in San Francisco, and we had seen a show of Annie. I, I'm sure you all are, are aware of. The sun will come out tomorrow oh, yeah. the Annie show. And, and so I saw a stage show of that, and I, I realized that she was having so much fun. And I just identified with her, and everything that she was doing looked like she was – this was nothing painful for her to be doing on stage. And I wanted to be in those shoes, not necessarily an orphan, Although at times in my life, I can tell you, I told my mother I would like to be an orphan. But um, I did want to be doing what, what she wanted to be doing. And, and so that was, that was probably at the age of six 
then fast forward to when we had moved to Santa Fe, I was about seven years old. A lot of Western movies would come into town and my mother put us in as background actors in, in these movies that would come into town and, and that seemed like fun. It was enough money to get a bicycle and, and so on and so forth. So <laughs> then the movie Silverado came to town. Well, long story short on that, I went in and, and auditioned for Carol in Silverado and ended up getting the part and spent several weeks on the set with Silverado with Scott Glenn and Kevin Costner and Roseanne Arquette and, you know, a whole slew of, of, of stars and, and had so much fun. And from that point on, it was everything about the movie-making business just was like touching gold. I wanted to know everything. So, of course, when I went to college and my undergrad was in filmmaking with producing, directing, writing, screen, um, writing, sound, and editing. And I, I went the whole gamut with that. And then my master's, I did two years in interdisciplinary master's with computer science and art because at that time it was, it, the film was converting over into the digital age. And so right. I wanted the, the computers and the art to talk together. Well, the computer science department and the art department are two very, um, I wouldn't say conflicting, but they had made a five-year plan, which would have ended up as an $11 an hour job. So I moved my master's over to, business administration with an emphasis in, in marketing after going through two years of that. So I got a lot of, of the online and offline um, education and experience and filmmaking and, and stuff like that behind the scenes and then in front of the camera. That's where my whole life has always been existing in and around, um, in front of and behind the camera. So that's where the bug really grew was from working on the set of Silverado. Okay. That's actually a good movie. I highly recommend anybody to see that. That was like my first big Western. Like my great uncle, he loved Westerns. He loved like the John Waynes and the Clint, you know, and that was a really mm-hmm. good movie. So definitely everybody check mm-hmm. that out. So definitely. sadly last month, yes. So sadly, last month, uh, the daytime community lost Christopher Lawport, who played Charlie Brett on All My Children. Um, Devastated. It was like a shock. Like, I mean, it just completely, I'm going to just say this. I read it, and I was like, wait, I know who that is. You know, automatically knew who that was, and I was like, no. Um, Would you share your best memory of working with him? Working with Chris Lawford was a, a wonderful experience. He was always, it was just in his blood and in his nature to help others. And I don't know if you know of, of his story of, of helping people with addiction and, and so forth hmm. uh, in, the, in the recovery in his book and, and stuff like that. But he was very much a, a kind, loving person who would look you in the eye, give you 100% of his focus, and answer every question that he had knowledge enough to answer in 
in the most um, clarifying way possible. I don't know how else to explain it. If, if you asked somebody that had almost encyclopedic knowledge of something, he would give you the exact answer and you would walk away being able to regurgitate it in a very clear manner. He was just so clear and concise and, and he, he knew where he stood in his ground and, and he was very humble. He was also very loving and, and, and just outright kind. There was, there was no element of any other thing other than kindness and, and being humble about him. Yeah, you can just it was tell. It's really sad to to read that. Hmm? Yeah, you can tell just by looking at like pictures and also hearing stories. Like you said, um, the word that I saw a lot of people say was humble. That he was a very humble gentleman who was yeah. there for people when you didn't think nobody was around, and he was he was right there. Yeah. So definitely a loss. Yeah. Um, and sending our condolences to the family and friends as well. Um, David, you have a question? I do. Um, yes, the All My Children demos on YouTube really show your versatility. Where did you draw your strength from, from the scenes you did when you were giving up your baby? Oh, boy. Ah. Uh. I couldn't tell you what I was thinking or feeling other than the writing on that show is, was just so spot on. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys know of Lorraine Broderick and, and her team and Megan McTavish and, of course, Ag and Agnes Nixon. And the whole, the whole writing team and the producing team had that storyline down that it, it was just being in the moment. I imagine giving a, a child up or taking a child back or giving it up or taking it back, giving it, taking it back. And, and it's, it's not something that um, is very hard to identify with if the writing is really well. If it's done well, if it's written well, and the words come out, they knew me and I knew the character, and that character was very, very deep and had been spoken about for 18 years before I came along. So it had a lot of history, and it wasn't a, mm -hmm. a simple character. It, it was far from a lighthearted character. It was a very deep and intricate character. And when they wrote for Kelsey, they wrote her in such a way that I could tap into whatever those writers gave me, I just went with. And it wasn't hard to make the tears come or or to make the rage flow, or, or the, the humor surface, or the joy to be revealed, and, and all of the emotions that come with that character because she was written so well. So right. it's certainly not, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, in a long, short way, a lot of actors will have to you know, dig deep into their emotions of, do you remember what it felt like when your dog died? Go back to that emotion, and then the tears will come. No, none of that. It was all in the writing. It was right there. I didn't have to do anything other than be in the moment. Yeah, that's like that's that's one of those things that you know, as viewers, when we watch, you know, the actors do, we're like, 
what are they thinking to get into that moment? Or is it just right. a natural, you know, turn on? And and it's actually interesting because one of the questions that I had was um, last year at the Daytime Emmys, former colleagues of All My Children One Life to Live shared their own personal stories and a heartfelt tribute to Agnes Nixon, which you can currently see on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what it was it like to work with Agnes, to be under her influence, to be a part of that legacy. You couldn't be blessed with anything better. That that was a gift that was something that I will cherish until the day I die. There's there's no bigger gift that one could ask for. To be part of that, to be part of her whole entire family, as she calls us, was something that was so... At the time, I didn't realize how big and how grand it was until I was in it. Then when I was in it, I went, wow, oh, my gosh, I'm actually under Agnes Nixon. This is, she has created her own self, her own icon, her own existence, and her her own, um, I don't know, you can't really say it's an island because it became a world, and it became across the world. And all of her stories of, of her family and how she devoted her entire life around uh, around this of, was just, it was incredible. And it was one of the biggest honors that anybody could be gifted with. And I couldn't ask for anything more. And she treated everybody, when she spoke to you, when she talked to you, she treated you, I mean, like a loving mother would. She loved everybody. She just endeared everybody. She was not more loving towards one over the other. It was as if this woman had enough love to give everybody, and there was a lot of people under her. And she <laughs> loved every single one of them. Yeah, it's a, you were it's you were basically you, all her children. Pretty exactly, much. Exactly. 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 And when pe- people would say, you understand that Agnes takes you as one of her children, right? I thought, oh, okay, you guys are joking. I met her and I went, oh, my gosh, she really does. She made mm-hmm. me feel like I, I wanted to call her mom. She <laughs> 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 was just wonderful. She really was wonderful. And she was very loving it's and understanding, and she knew everything about everybody. That's what was, was really weird it's because you – you felt like you were just taking hands with her for the first time, and she knew everything about you. I mean everything. And I it kind of stood back and went, okay, now I realize it's her job to know that. And she really did come to love every single person, every single cast member, every single production uh, person behind, in front of the camera, behind the camera. She loved everybody. Everybody was a team player when it came to Agnes Nixon. She did not love one one person more than the next. Doesn't matter how much more accomplished one was over the other. She didn't she didn't express more love towards one over the other. And it's, she was pretty it's amazing. Inter- it's interesting too because one of the things you know I really wish that I could have met her. But you but by looking at interviews and hearing from you know, people who worked under her or, you know, around her, 
she was like mm-hmm. like you said a mother figure. Like she really looked mm-hmm. after everybody, even if they were you know long gone. Like you know when you went to nine hundred two one zero, you know she still she still was looking after all her children. Like she was, you know, you know exactly. how some people be like, okay, we're done, you know, like da 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 da. She's, you know, she she was that mother figure, and I think with the legacy, one of the things about Agnes Nixon for a soul fan, I, I'll I'll just speak for myself, is that mm-hmm. when you watched All My Children and One Life to Live, mm-hmm. the number one thing that you saw was family, and yes. when she did. And when she did, like like I said, interviews, and she was talking about the cast and everything, it wasn't like, oh, this actor, this. No, she would actually make you, and she, and this is just me, she really had that bond with her, mm-hmm. with the family. I'm not going to say cast because, you know, cast is like showbiz. She really had a family with you guys. You guys gave her love, right. and she definitely gave you love right back, and you could see that. You could feel that. So, well, I think I think yeah. the difference is is if if you look at say Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock looked at his actors like they were the cattle, and then bring in the herd onto the mm-hmm. set. And when when you look at the, this is just what I I write about about him. And then you look at Agnes Nixon, the way that my experience with her is is that it was the exact opposite. It was there yeah. TC, and she has, you know, her own personal life that has happened, and, and she has her own future, and she has done this and this and this, and she comes from here and here and here, and she is different from this person and this way and this way and this way. It was like she knew you completely, whereas mm. it, it, it takes, it takes a, a really invested director to know as much as Agnes knew of all of her cast in, in one director to maybe five, six actors on the film. It takes a really invested director to know as much as she knew about her cast. Wow. Wow. So I have another question, and this is where I, 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 I'm a teacher, so I always tell people to put on your thinking caps. Everybody, because this is going to be a, a good question. If all my children would return, and trust me, fans really want all my children to come back, including me and David. <clears throat> yep. And they had Kelsey return. In your opinion, would she have changed or much and matured? Where do you see her? Where would you see her in, in now? Oh, she would come back. She she better have learned. Otherwise, there's no depth to her. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, after what she has done, what she has gone through, and then it, it, you know, towards the very end, the storyline had to be cut short for logistic reasons and so forth. You could have her come back in a variety of ways, but with a a plenitude of wisdom that could c- come short of being one of the most reasonable either lawyers or psychologists or guidance people in, in a community of Pine Valley that, that would ever be an answer to what could be. Because somebody who's experienced something such as she has, it's adopting out a child and then taking it back and it up to him. 
a lot of the stuff that she went through, falling in love with, uh, you know, the the gay storyline that you, you, I mean, she, mm-hmm. Agnes was so phenomenal about going, reaching to the extreme and touching into storylines that she knew were out there and wanted to be heard and wanted to be wanted to be shared and told. Nobody really wants to hear a story that they can't identify with, right? I, I mean, I don't. Do you? Right. No. It's 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 a story that nobody wants to hear, right? If you can't identify with the story, you don't want to hear it. So she, but Agnes knew that these, these, these situations that that she put Kelsey, she could put her in any situation, and and these writers would run with it and go with it and go to those places that were were in existence in in the public at that time. They were very current. It wasn't a far stretch of reaching the comical area. It was really happening, and and this is a lot of stuff that people weren't really talking about. I mean, I was was talking with with a friend of mine earlier, and saying when when we were growing up, it, it wasn't that adoption was taboo. It was just that nobody talked about it. Right. And then you discover years later that your friend was adopted. Well, you grew up with that friend. You didn't even know. Well, maybe they knew, but it was just never discussed. Why wasn't it discussed? It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't hidden. It wasn't outright, you know, put up on billboards. But why wasn't it discussed? Why wasn't this stuff talked about? This stuff is, you know, it's it's emotional for a lot of people in a lot of ways. The gay storyline was. The, you know, the the falling in love with Edmund, the, you know, I mean, there's so many other facets to Kelsey, and she had her her range and touching on any topic was wide open for anybody to write about. And I think that with that kind of a character background, the world that could have happened between her departure from the show and today could be enormous. So she oh, yeah. comes back to yeah. she comes back to Pine Valley with an even deeper, stronger, um, bigger biography of a background. So she becomes she becomes a character that can write and, and, and talk and touch upon any facet of any type of a storyline. It's wide open. There's no limit to it. It's not the interesting thing about me is when I came on to the soap opera I didn't expect to, to be on a soap opera because I didn't see myself as, as what I envisioned would be on, on a soap opera, which is a beautiful, blonde, perfect, almost Barbie doll-looking girl. And there mm-hmm. I was. I, I come on board, and I spend the first month in a pair of green sweats. And after about a couple of weeks, um, it was... It was pretty boring to climb into sweats every day, you know, <laughs> and no makeup. Right. And my hair thrown in a ponytail. This is not what I envisioned coming on a soap opera, but I came on as a runaway. Well, that's the best kind of character that my personality, my talent can bring to the table. So I was kind of a perfect fit for, for Kelsey. I'm, I'm far from the blonde, perfect, gorgeous, tall, Barbie doll, perfect-looking girl and I certainly don't have a personality that 
could sit idly by and, and, and cross my legs and keep my mouth shut. I'm a little bit the opposite. <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> and I've got a lively, outgoing personality and a lot of energy. So I don't, um, I never envisioned myself on a soap opera. And, and I, I think that the, the way that the daytime shows have gone, they've really reached out and touched to a lot more of what is real in this world and what should be talked about, what, should, what topics should come to the table, what should surface in conversation, um, and bringing stories out that people can identify to instead of these, what stemmed long ago from the soap operas, which were on radio, by the way, and, mm-hmm. and people listen to them. Well, when they brought it from radio to TV, beauty is, is what everybody likes to see and the stories are what people like to hear. Well, times have changed, and we're much more open and much more accepting. And, and I think that it comes around to what, what exactly is the audience wanting? I mean, you guys say that you would like to see all my children back in, in what do you call the, uh, what I call the media sphere, because it, it, it comes in a variety of forms. It can be on the web. It can be on the national TV, it could be on Netflix, it could be anywhere. You guys say you want it back on, and if if these stories are written, you what? We do want it back on, yes. Mm -hmm. I think think everybody wants it back on, but if everybody (laughs) wants it back on, they want the stories to be, if not stronger, better, but also based on what was there to begin with, and that's what Agnes wrote about. I I so, agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I do I think it's possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't think I, I don't think any one person can do it. I think it takes it takes a village in order right. to make that happen. But is it possible? Yes. I think if a, a good team got together, a strong enough team, absolutely. And I would be right on board. I'd be happy to join there you forces. Go. There. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> okay, I think David, you have a question? Yes, yes I do. Since we're on all my children, recently mm-hmm. how was it reuniting with your all my children cast at the recent general hospital luncheon? Uh, you know what? That was so perfect, and it was very needed and very called for. I loved seeing um, I, I loved seeing Catherine Gardner and Darlene and, you know, I mean, Tommy. And I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. And it really, it, it, it made me realize that it doesn't matter. I saw a lot of the fans that I have known for years. You guys, I mean, these are fans I've kept in touch with, and I know them by first name basis. And I, thanks to social media, we keep in touch. And right. you know, and, and through my fan club with um, allmypromotions.com, it's it's very easy to keep in touch. And I have been keeping in touch. And the the, the fans that exist in in daytime follow you through, and they don't they don't fall off. They're very loyal. 
And if they're going to be loyal to me, I'm going to be loyal to them. And they were there. It was wonderful. I was so happy. I was so happy. And it really just it goes to show that it doesn't matter. Agnes Nixon may no longer be with us. All my children may not be on the air. But all of her children still live on. Exactly. She's exactly. in your heart. Always and forever. Exactly. And, it, and I actually, I, I had a friend who went to the event. And I got to share this story. She's going to be like, oh, don't tell her, Candace. But she was like, okay, they're probably only going to have, like, a few people. Because, I was, you know, like, everybody is so spread out now. You know, some people are still in New York, some in L.A., some, you know, in Mexico, some in Canada, some in Ohio. And she went and she was like, okay, okay. And she showed the video to me, and I was like, that was a good turnout. I was like, that was a good turnout because you saw people that you just was like, wow, you know. And when she saw you, I got to tell you this, when she saw you, and this is on video, she she Ooh. just like squeaks. She squeaks. She was, and she never, like, she squeaks in excitement, all, like, you know, not that much. But when she saw you, uh-huh. she squeaked. Aww. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, I didn't think she was coming. She was like, I didn't think she was coming. And she was like, Candace. She was like, Candace, guess who's here? And everything. And I was like, cool. And she told me. She was, she was like, I didn't think she was going to show up. And I was like, oh. And I just, I love hearing from the actor's point of view about the fans. Because I always say this, and we, we, you know, here on Take Two Radio, we always say that, you know, you have the sports fans, they sometimes go flip-flop. You have the, the musician fans who flip-flop too. But daytime fans, they're true. They're true to the core. They, follow, they you know, support. Because you guys are, are not just actors. You guys are our family. You know, and, and I always we say were, that. We were, we were in everybody's living room every day. And, and exactly. you know, when I would, go, I would go to these events and they would tell me about the storyline. They would say, you know, you don't take that baby back from Bobby. You know, oh, you leave Edmund alone. Don't you do that. Don't you understand this? And that, you know, the gay storyline. I mean, everybody had their opinion and they would tell me. And I would take this back to the writers. And then there would be people that, you know, would run up and hug me and start crying. And I said, why are you crying? They say, I, I did the exact same thing your storyline is doing, and thank you for telling it. You know, I mean, really compelling stuff that the public would do. So it wasn't anything horrible. I mean, I, you know, right. oh, you want to hear a funny story. Okay, so do you remember right. Jack Millard? Do you want to hear a funny story of running into another yeah. uh, soap star? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know the, 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 store, the store Hobby Lobby? You know the store Hobby Lobby? No, I haven't. Hobby Lobby. It's like you get all the arts and crafts stuff there. Okay. Okay, They're very, they're very, um, Hobby Lobby is not, they're, they're, um, they're not very supportive of people who would, let's just say, just to try and set the tone, have an abortion, okay? They're not very supportive mm, of that. Okay. So, so let's just set it like that. So I'm in, I'm in Hobby Lobby. I have my two kids, and my two kids are adopted. And, and I'm, I'm getting my kids there. At that time, they're three and five. 
And I'm putting them mm-hmm. in a small basket so I can take them into the store so that they don't pull everything off the shelf while I'm walking down the aisle. Right. And I hear this, I hear this TC, and I, I look, and this guy comes out of the checkout line. I'm in front of all of the checkouts, getting my kids into the basket. And it's Jack Moore's. And he goes, you're TC, right, from all my children? And I said, yeah. And I looked at him and I said, I remember you. Were you with Julia? And he goes, this is being said out loud in front of all of the checkers and all of the people in line at Hobby Lobby. Okay. He goes, I was Julia's rapist. Remember I kidnapped her? And I said, and I go, yes, I remember that. God, you were great. And he goes, and you, you had, you had the baby, and you gave it up, and you took it back, and you. And my kids were looking at me like, "Mommy, you didn't tell me this." And and I go, "Honey, it was that was that was that kids that was on TV. That was on TV. It's not real. It's not real." And, yeah. and I go, "Jack, you you've got to meet my two kids. They're both they both know that they're adopted. They both talk about their tummy, mommy, and that they were born from my heart and all this stuff. Anyway, oh, and, and and he goes, oh." That's that's Tori and Liam. And he goes, I know them from um, Facebook and, and Instagram. And I go, oh okay, okay. But oh my gosh! And he says, I said, so how are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I'm I'm in Santa Fe. I'm bought a condo here and blah blah. blah. Anyway, long story short, it gets into his personal life, which I won't share because it's not a radio show about him, nor do I want to reveal his personal right. stuff. But he, if you look up. Boats of Hope. Um, he's got a YouTube channel called Boats of Little Boats of Hope, and it's a very inspirational story. And we we did uh, one of his installations of the Little Boats of Hope up at the Gorge Bridge up in Taos, uh, New Mexico. Got onto the the TV stations, and and it's a very inspirational um, event based on his loss of his wife. Um, and, you know, hoping that he can spread one little ounce of hope that might save one person's life, you know, and, and uh, uh, just putting these little boats all around the United States, giving some inspiration, one little message of hope. Um, and it yeah. was, we did the installation on, on the Gorge Bridge, which had been known for uh, suicide. People had been going to this bridge and, and tending to commit suicide off of it. It's nothing nationally known, but it became something he said, I, I want to do an installation here, and hopefully I can stop or save that one life or just, you know, give one person hope. And so well over, I think it was close to a 1,000 of these little boats with a little feather and a, and a message in a bottle, and we put them all along the gorge and on the on the bridge, and my kids did too, and and stuff like this. Anyway, so I ran into him, and <laughs> we had a, a KOB, I think, Channel 4, do the, the news clip on that. But um, So, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny, but those, those little stories that happen never stop happening because we're all, we're, we're all connected. It doesn't matter how big of a city we yeah. live in. There's always somebody who knows somebody who's, very close and related to something is going to connect you to, I'm sure I've probably 
crop paths within, I don't know what do you call it, six degrees of separation with one of oh, six uh, degrees of separation. Yeah. Right. And we're all related to Kevin Bacon or something? I don't know what that is. Yeah. But yeah, the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon or something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those connections and the people that I've, I've connected to and stayed connected to, I mean, John Callahan and I still talk and he um, he's he's driven through New Mexico and we've connected in New Mexico and and um, you know I still stay in contact with um, Michael Knight and you know I mean there's a lot of these people that I hold very dear to my heart and and I you know I I still want to stay connected to them and I'll never let go of them no matter if they forget who I am I'll never forget who they are because I'll always have a piece of my heart. And that's the yeah. same for fans, for fans, for you guys, is that, you know, we're down to four shows now out of, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when every network had, like, more than just three. And when yeah. these shows were taken away, or early, or early dust, that's what we say. It's not, uh-huh. you know, it's interesting. Some actors feel as though fans forget about them because they're not on every day. But it's it's wonderful when fans, you know, it's just, it goes to show that you guys had an impact on our lives. You know, um, I know people who, you know, two of my friends, they had um, surgery, but the funny, mm-hmm. this is funny, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass one of them. They did not schedule their surgery until after all my children. They was like, <laughs> they was like, no, we're not going in until after we find out what's happening. You know, like you said about adoption, one of my friends adopted a child, and when we had asked her, she was like, "It was because of soap." We were Aww. like, "What?" She, she was like, "She was like, there was times where she just didn't feel that it was normal," and she said she was oh, okay. watching yeah. soap, and and it's and it's interesting because it's the power of soap operas. Like a lot of people feel as though soap operas is about the gorgeous people and about the the wonderful lifestyle. But like you said, like with Agnes Nixon, Agnes Nixon, she she tapped into reality. She portrayed reality before reality TV, in my opinion. You know, she she oh, showed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it wasn't all about the glamour. It was about realness, and it translated exactly. It translated yep. from with your character to the fans. So. I want to say thank you to you because you you made that possible for a lot of fans to feel that way. You and Agnes, you know, that dynamic duo, you guys made that possible for a lot of fans. So I just want to take this time and say thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. And you know what? It, it's, it's a very syncopatic relationship where w- without the fans, we're nothing. And without us, to the fans, there's nothing to join in on, right? So right. It's, very, it's very interdependent. And what a lot of people don't realize is that when I, I tell a story, when I came onto the soap, it was sort of like having pampers yanked off me. Because I came from doing TV movies and films, and I'd done quite a few shows before I was on All My Children. And I came out, and, and, and they said, okay, 
there you go. And by the way, your front corner storyline, 40 pages a day. And by the way, we need you here every single day. And when you go to – this is a 16-hour day. And then you've got to memorize the lines for the next day. Well, when? Because you've got to sleep sometime. So learning to memorize was just – it became very um, on demand. You had to learn how to do it. There wasn't a question of could you. You had to. So that was there. And then the one thing that I learned to rely on was if – if I couldn't be in the moment, I couldn't learn the lines. So that's what made their magic writing work for me. And, and the only way that I could get up there and do 40 pages a day, and one, one day it was 120 pages, that was put mm. right in front of me and said, it's a snow day, nobody else is coming in, you live five blocks from the studio, thank you for coming in, we're going to shoot these five, let us know when you're done with your hair and makeup. And I went, oh, boy, okay. That, that's, a, that's a testament to good writing. If the writing isn't good, it's going to be a struggle to get the words out of my mouth. If it's a struggle to get the words out of my mouth, it's an even bigger struggle to try and memorize the words to get them out of my mouth. If the writing right. is good, it, fl- it yeah. flows very quickly and very easily, and the moments are there, and it's not a question. You just have to trust it. So if I, I, I trusted all the writers. They knew what they were doing. They knew exactly everything about the character. And I put all my trust into them and said, let's go. Didn't question it. Just put one foot in front of the other and go then. So that's, that's beautiful. You know. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. And only one take. I was used to, yeah. okay, you want a different angle on that? <laughs> you want me to stand behind <laughs> the camera and read the lines to the other actor? No. Oh, okay. You mean we're moving on? Okay, we're moving from one scene to the next to the next. I think my hair was blowing as the scenes were being taped. So it it was so fast and so one take, Charlie. I I, I was blown away by it and, and it said, what, "What do you mean? We're done. We're moving on. You just shot an entire episode. Go home. Okay. All right." Come back the next day. Oh, we're doing nothing? Okay, well, I'm getting dizzy. We're moving so fast. <laughs> they didn't have the luxury of the second take. They don't have the time for that. And, and, and in that, every moment that you guys saw on TV was the first and last take. The only, wow. time they ever, the only time they ever stopped camera and went back was when I said, now I remember this very clearly. Um, the words were, I'm here to right a wrong. And I walked in just as adamant as ever, and I said, I am here to wrong a right. They went, cut. <laughs> I'm here to right a wrong, not wrong a right. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, dyslexic thinking there. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's, 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 that's about the only time that I know that, that they stopped the camera and went again. Even yeah, when we were doing the I, the, the I Want My Baby Back, I remember Francesca James walking down to the floor and saying, you know what, TC, everybody has been on their, on their heels, literally in heels, on their heels, for 16 hours. And this is the last take of the day. If you don't get this right, 
look around you, you're going to have a lot of mad people. <laughs> and everybody in the, in the whole wedding thing is looking at me like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall down. I've been standing on these high heels and these tight dresses and looking beautiful for 16 hours. You better speak like the baby back the right way. We want to go home. And I, I looked at her and I said, I promise you I'm going to give it all I got. And I did one take and boom, I was done. That was one take. There was no, there was no let's, let's do this again. Let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. This is a moment. We all need to cherish. No. She came down. She goes, you have one take. That's all. That's it. That's it. No more. Okay. I'm doing it. Let's go. So. It's, it's not I just can't imagine it's it that fast. It's that fast, and it's not like, you know, where I came from and all the, the shows that I had done before. Um, you know, even the sitcom, only a half-hour show, took a whole week of rehearsing for the final, you know, half-hour run-through. And at that, you ran through it two or maybe three times. And then they did editing before they actually aired it, so they did a lot of fancy stuff to it. Not, not in daytime. No, there's no time. They do not have room. That's why what I loved about that was there was no there was no room for ego. Your ego did not belong right. anywhere in there. And anybody that did come in with the ego left faster than I could ever even shake hands with them. <laughs> well. So yeah. Humble is 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 a word that described the the bunch of people that I was lucky enough to work with on all my wow. children. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better gift. It was the best experience. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I go? Um, yep. So, TC, how do you balance family and career, and are any of them being produced by you? Uh, uh, the last part of the question is a little odd, <laughs> considering um, the both my kids are adopted. So, what do you mean produced by me? Family and career. I know that's a family um, is is more of a, a team effort. So, what do you mean pro- produced, or should I just speak to how I balance family and yeah. work? Uh, that's a delicate that. balancing act. It's a yes. delicate balancing act. But I'll tell you, it, 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 it takes a really good partner. And my husband is also my best friend, my partner in crime, and, and I, I call him my rock. We balance each other out, and we, we pick each other up if, if the other one is even getting close to falling down. We encourage each other, we inspire each other, and we work very well together. Interestingly enough, He's not in the film business, not in the TV business. It's not that he wants nothing to do with it. He just wasn't, it's not, it's not in him. He right, is, uh, it's not, it's, it's not, I mean, some people are um, completely in a different mentality. I mean, if they say opposites attract. Well, yeah, in my situation, opposites <laughs> attract. <laughs> He's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> And 
he's you know he's um he's a financial analyst so okay. he, he he's a federal employee and he works with a lot of the big fires he'll go out on the fires and he helps delegate and, and um, allocate the funds that uh, pay for the fires to to be put out the airplanes dropping the stuff on the fires and I, I really that, that's something if if I was out near a fire I would definitely be labeled as lost you know I'm not I'm you know yeah no not not my cup of tea uh, he he likes that kind of stuff and that's what makes him happy and he's a he's a federal employee a normal human being and and uh, he puts up with me and I love him dearly and he's He's been he's been my best friend and my partner in in this game of life. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's very supportive of everything that I do, and he's 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 the level part of <laughs> the equation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the entertainment part. <laughs> I just talk. There you go. I'm, I'm the. Uh, I'm the entertainment. <laughs> He's the organizer of the party. I am the party. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we we balance it out. I I do a lot of work. I help uh, take care of the kids. I do a lot of the the TV and film work. I do a lot of the writing. Um, we've done some investment in real estate out in New Mexico and. And stuff like that, and it's just you know it's a balancing act of making sure everybody is is happy and that the kids are taken care of and on the right path to to building a strong foundation for them to walk on and become their own little humans and creatures in this in this crazy existence and and learn how to have fun every step of the way and it's uh, we're having a lot of fun. I have absolutely no complaints. At this moment, <laughs> she said. At this moment, it I love works. how she said. I thought like you said that. Like at this moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait until my four-year-old throws a fit, then I'll start complaining. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I work with children, and I uh-huh. and some of the parents that I talk to, because I have I have I always t- say this to people. I have the one-year-olds going on 21, mm-hmm. because their personality, oh, my goodness, it's like, wow. Like, they're, you know, they're talking and whatnot. So when you just said right now they're four, most of the parents that I've, that I've talked to, they said that's the safe age. It's like four years old, it's the safe age. They're like, oh, everything is fine, everything is okay. And I always tell them, I'm like, okay, you didn't realize they're going to be five. And six, and then and some of the parents are like, "No, we want them to stay as four year olds." Like, we don't want I know, them. right? We don't want I them know, to grow up yet. I know. Well, my my four year old's like a little Einstein, and he looks like Einstein too. He's got the curly hair, curly blonde <laughs> hair, and the the crazy expressions. Yep, that's him. That's, that's him. him. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. Aww. Yep. That's so cute. <laughs> Have you guys thought about Halloween costumes yet? Because you know, that's coming up. Yes. 
yes. I think we already we already gave that away. What we're going to be is being. Um, my my husband had he had an, a Mr. Incredible outfit for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and he looks like he looks like the the guy, the Mr. Incredible guy. Incredible. And so so this year, if you look on my Instagram, you'll see a picture of us. This year, um, we're going to be the Incredible Family. Yes. Oh, I wow. like that out. Oh. Can you guys I, see it I on my Instagram? Well, I'm going to check out your Instagram because I'm going to definitely check out your Instagram. Do it. It's it's um it's tc underscore Warner at Instagram is okay. my my handle. Not that's kind of a little obvious, you know. Right. Whose Instagram it, it, it is? You know. Considering my kids are all over it. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, and another way is, um, is joining the, my fan club at the allmypromotions.com. And my Facebook page is the TC Victoria Warner oh, yeah. on, on Facebook. But I'm, I'm more of a photo instead of – Facebook to me has gotten a little bit uh, too on the I want to vent about something political side. So I've, I've yeah. sort of been, yeah. been more so about sharing pictures and – and I've slowly been migrating to just the Instagram and and letting a, a lot of uh, Facebook be, um, you know, be a means of reaching a lot of people that I still have on Facebook at, at any given time. But more attention is going to Instagram just because I'm I'm more yeah. about pictures and sharing sharing pictures with people and stuff like that is more what I'm about instead of. Having some right. political agenda. Let them draw their own story. Mm-hmm. Sorry, say it again. Let them draw their own story from your pictures. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. And if they have questions, then they can take the time and post a question. There you go. So, TC, I have a question for you. If you What's could that? be on any daytime soap currently, which is Young and Russell's Bold Days and GH, or digital drama series like Anacostia and the Bay, what show would you like to be on? Like, what do you think of of the the shows right now? Like, your opinion about I, it? I I would I would follow really where um, where the writers that I've worked with in the past have have mm-hmm. been. Uh, and are like days. You got the Lorraine Broderick uh, team. Yeah. You got the Megan McTavish. You got you've got the Bell family. You've got you, you know. I'm I'm very. Um, it, it's not necessarily about co-starring against so and so or or necessarily right. getting in with any any one specific storyline. I'm I, I'm far from one that can be pigeonholed. Um, I've got a lot of versatility to me, so I could be on almost, I could be on almost any single one of those shows. You could. Um, mm-hmm. do, doing almost anything outside of, I mean, stretching from the obvious, but. Um, right. So I don't, I don't really, I, I look at more so where the, where the backbone, the history of the show comes from, and of course these daytime shows have a lot of history. 
And if you look at the uh, the Bell family, they're been around for ever, forever right. and ever and ever. I, I would love to support the new media that's out there, and and um, I'd be happy to entertain that. I'm back and forth from New Mexico to Los Angeles quite a few times a year. In fact, I'm going out there well, the first week in November again, and okay. um, taking in a lot of of meetings. And I don't know if um, if Johnny has has jumped on the line, but um, but yeah, there's several meetings that are that are that are going on. There's not one specific favorite. I I can if we had enough time, I could probably nail down a bazillion things that I like about every single show and what strong attributes each one of the shows have. But one underlying factor that they all have is. It's it's almost like a good restaurant in New York. If you've got good food and you've got good company, you've got a long-standing restaurant. Bingo. In, in the in the daytime in the daytime world, in in new media, and the options that are out there of where to put your content, you've got your choices. You don't have to sit there and say, "I only want to be on daytime television with CBS." You don't have to say that. You don't have to – you've got your options are wide open. But if your content is good, if your writers are strong, your content is good, and your actors are strong, your story and your show is going to last a long time. There you go. It's, it's, that is it's just – it's a good equation. So I'd like to go where the good equation is. I, I agree Follow with you. Follow your dream. Yeah, and it's – Actually, funny because one of the last questions that I had was if there was any upcoming projects you wanted to share and let our uh, listeners know about. Um, that well, I mean, we all know that I've done the Better Call Saul, and I, you know, I, I play the nurse yes. on, on that show, and and um, and I've, I've been doing some shows out here, and I've been auditioning for shows out here, and I'll be auditioning for other shows out in, in L.A. and stuff like that. In the meantime, what I've been doing is, is um, working on the, the screenplay Now Silence. It's an adaptation of a book called Now Silence that was written um, and, and published book by my mother, actually. And it's more of a historical uh, novel based loosely on a true story. And we're working on that as screenplay-wise. There's a couple of television shows that have been written that will be uh, being presented to the management team. And, and then I'm also writing children's stories that have come straight from um, letting my kids' imaginations go and just cushioning those with some guidance of, of where the beginning and the middle and the end and, and stuff like that and letting them drive the stories around that. Sort of the same same way Dr. Seuss did his. So that's that's what I'm doing. Oh, that uh, sounds absolutely uh, <laughs> captivating. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah it, yeah, it does. I I myself would you know I'd like if I could I'd like to get out and see just about everything there is about everybody. And um, because I I like to experience, you know, new dramas, new new things out there. I mean, 
mm-hmm. possibilities are basically endless. Oh, they are. They are, they are. And now with all the, the media outlets that we have at our fingertips, there's, there's really no reason not to. The only reason not to is because we tend to get in our own way. And that's right. a good reason, but it's, it, it's not a very strong one. You know, it's, it's, it's not like yeah. we're, we're all sitting here in front of uh, Hurricane Michael. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I know it. So. Uh, no, are you expecting someone to, are you expecting Johnny soon? Um, I thought that he would be calling in. I know that he had he had an appointment at four o'clock. He's out in the West Coast time, and the four o'clock okay. was your seven o'clock. And I don't know right. exactly um, if if something happened at that or if it's still going on. I don't don't necessarily know. So um, let me see. Can we do? I'm I'm sending him a message to see if he is okay. jumping on the line or, or not. Okay. okay, that would be great. Well, in the well, in the meantime, TC, you know, I always say this. You know, one of the questions that I always ask our guests is that if you could go back in time and talk to mm-hmm. a younger version of yourself. What would you tell them about what you've learned, what you've experienced? Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I think the one thing that I would say is take competition in a healthy way because if it wasn't there, it wouldn't make, you wouldn't be trying as hard as you should or could. Okay. Competition can be can be viewed as a discouraging element or an encouraging element. And if there was no competition, would you be doing what you're doing, really? I mean, if nobody was there and you were the only one doing it, would you still be doing it? Most actors would probably look at you and say yes because they're not really thinking that much into it. But we're very right. affected by what happens around us. We're very affected. I don't care what anybody says. We're an an image-based society. That's how we're raised. That's how TV, media, everybody is, you know, people will tend to vote on who is a prettier person regardless of whether they know or like that person. But when it comes down to being and doing what you're doing, if, if you look at competition in a way that is a healthy aspect, that it's there and it's a driving force as a sign to tell you, you better do better. You better try harder. Give, give the world your best because you really, if you do have a chance to do it over again, that means that you didn't do it right the first time. And if you have a chance to do it right the first time, do it right. But give it your best. Always. That's very thought-provoking. Oh, thank you. A lot of people are afraid of competition. Yeah. But well, of it's course, out there. Because we don't like, we don't like the, we don't like the, um, uh, failure. 
Yeah. Well, it's not even a failure, really. I mean, you can you can look at it as a sign of failure or just the, the negative aspects of the being turned down. The no, how many no's yeah. do you have to go to go through to get to a, that one yes? Does that one yes mean is that one yes worth all of those no's? Well, that's only that's only up to the person their level of passion about what they're doing. It might be fifty thousand no's to one person is the weight of one no to another. That one no to another could be so heavy on them based on the fact that their passion isn't strong enough to lift them away from it. That's true. So it's, it, 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 it's, all, it's all about what, whatever is going to make you happy is Whatever makes me happy might not be what makes Candace happy. It might not be what makes David happy. It might not be what makes right. the next person happy. But it makes me happy, and that's what matters. Because if, if I'm doing something that is not making me happy, then guess what surrounds me? A lot of unhappy people. Yep, absolutely. It, birds of a feather, they flock together, Right. I attract who I am. If I if I am in misery, misery loves company. If I am doing exactly what I want to be doing and I'm exactly where I want to be, I'm going to attract the people who want the same. Right? But it's, it, it, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to somehow miraculously avoid all the the Debbie Downers and the, the naysayers yeah. and the, the, the you-can't-doers, you know, I, those people are all over the place. I'm able to identify them and, and nod my head and say, okay, okay, thank you. For some reason, you need to bring me this information, and I thank you for, for doing that. Uh, but you won't affect me. I'm doing this because this is a decision I've made. But some people are happy just making, uh, I don't know, sewing sweaters all day. Some people are happy doing brain surgery all day. Uh, I, I'm not happy doing either one of those things. But those people are out there, and they're happy. That's right. You so it, yeah, and so there's going to be people that, that the naysayers, and then there's also going to be the people that are wanting the exact same thing that you are, and, and they are better than you. They are stronger than you, and they've got qualities that anybody in their right mind would say, this person's more qualified or it's more justified that this person come into this equation. Um, so, therefore, it, you've got to try harder. And that's why they're in that equation, is to, to force you to prove how much passion you have. How much drive do you have? You've got to prove that by overcoming your competition. And don't ever think that you're the one that makes the decision of whether you're hired or not. That's not your job, as far as the acting right. goes. Right, and it's your job competition to present growth. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. In strengths of character. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I have not heard a uh, message back. Okay. So 
Uh, so I think he's stuck in a meeting. Okay. Did you know what he wanted to share with us? Um, I know that he, you know, I, I asked him if, if he'd be willing to share some of the shows that that um, are in the works right now that probably won't be beginning until end of February, early March of 19. Um, and and he said, yes, if I can get on the show, I will come on and I will talk about those. I don't know that he can, though, so I know that he had an appointment at 4 o'clock. Um, but so I think he's stuck on on a show or in, in the appointment that he's in right now, so. Okay, then. Well, if we can't, if we can't, then, um, on behalf of Candace and I, we'd like to thank you for your thought-provoking interview. You were very lovely oh, to you. speak about, and and we miss you on television, and we want to see you more often. And we oh, can't wait to well, see what's coming you. up for you. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on the show, and I look forward to um, being back in the spotlight again. And, and, and you guys keep up the good work that you're doing, and I look forward to coming back on your show in the future. Oh, yes, please do. Please keep us in mind. I yes. will, I will. All right, Candace, thank you, and uh, thank you, David, and you guys have a great rest of your night. You too. Thank you very much. You too. All righty. Okay, bye-bye, guys. Bye. Good night. Aww. Well, wasn't she nice? She was so cute and so sweet. And I got to yeah, give a shout-out. I got to give a shout-out to, um, as she mentioned, her fan club, allmypromotions.com, run by Lisa. Good fan club president over there. She she does her thing. And, like I said, all you know, allmypromotions.com, check it out um, for more info on TC. So. Okay, okay. Well, it's just the two of us. I know, well, just the two just, of us. <laughs> just the two of us. So, so hey, David, I have a question for yeah. you. I have a question yeah, for you, David. So did, yeah. so did you do anything fun this past weekend? Did anything happen, you know, laundry, anything, anything, anything exciting happen? Just, just, yeah, just curious, asking for a friend. What? Yeah, you're what asking you for a friend. <laughs> you like how I slid yeah. into that segment? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's a good segue, I tell you. You were going in total opposite of my direction. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, People want to know, David. People want to know about this. I probably did exactly the same thing you did, only in another city, but with different people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we had fun, didn't we, Candace? We did. We did. Okay, why don't you go first, and then I'll... Uh, okay, 
So uh, I don't know if, if you guys follow me on social media and, and whatnot, but y'all might have figured out one of my favorite soap operas is Gone Light. And every year, uh, Daytime Stars and Strikes, shout out to them. Um, even after the cancellation of the show, they've constantly done fan events. And this year was no different. This year I attended the third annual Bauer Barbecue. Yes, it's a real thing now. And it had Michael O'Leary, Grant Alexander, Jerry Van Dorn, Liz Kiefer, Evelyn Roscoe, who played Hope Bauer, um, was in attendance. And it was just, you know, just a swank. Are we still using that word, swank? Swanky? Yeah. Swanky event. It was a regular barbecue. Q&A, um, you know, was uh, given. Um, auction, all money proceeds for that weekend of Daytime Star Strikes were had karaoke with Lori Lauren B. Um, Martin from As Well Turns and Pride. Um, they had Michael O'Leary's play reading of Breathing Under Dirt, which had David, um, not David, hello, Daniel Cosgrove there as well, and Justin Deeds. All the proceeds went to autism. Um, oh, so with the Bible, yeah, so with the Bauer Barbecue, um, like I said, it was Q&A, there was auctions, including, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, um, including um, acting alongside Michael O'Leary. And right. uh, I want to figure out how to upload that video of yours truly living out her dream of working against Michael, you know, alongside Michael O'Leary. Um, but it was just, you know, it was one of those, and I said this earlier, that, you know, when you watch these daytime actors, they become your family. Right. And that's what it was. It was a family event. Um, now, <laughs> there was some uh, talk about All My Children Won't Like to Live from Jerry Van Dorn. Um, right. You know, like he said, it does cost a lot for soaps, but keep your hope and your faith because you never know what's going to happen next. And they also was talking about, and I can't believe this, next year is going to mark the 10th anniversary of the finale of Gone Light. So um, next year they're going to have, they've usually been having their events in New Jersey. Next year is going to be back in NYC. It's going to be a 10-year reunion. Um, as soon as we get more information, we'll definitely pass it on to you. because we. And I'm going to say this. If you're a Gone Life fan, you need to go. You need to go. You need – it's going to be big. That's all I got to say. But it was – but this event, it was the Bauer uh, Burger. Right. <laughs> the actual Bauer Burger. Um, it was, like I said, they had the acting, they had Q&A, um, reminiscent about, you know, the show, the direction. Um, they even talked about, you know, if Gone Light was to come back. Um, you know, it's more so, and I want to tell fans this, you know, I know CBS has been getting a lot of flack lately. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people want their soaps back. We all do. Procter and Gamble is somebody you guys need to tweet and 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 kind of talk to. Um, we discussed that as well as how certain people were looking at what Procter Park did with all my children and want like to live um, right. as a vehicle to see if it was going to work. So you know they they want to come back. They're it's not like they're just like oh the show was canceled. 
you know, you know, step on the idea. They want to come back. They know how important these shows were to the fans. And, you know, I said it earlier, is that with us fans, they were a part of our lives, you know, their family. And it was a pre-dust. I always say this about all the shows, that they were taken away too soon. And there's still an audience out there. So, you know, that was that. Was that. But, but David... You 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 saw an iconic duo as well. I did, I did. What did you see? Well, this Sunday I was in Syracuse at the Palace Theater to see Steve Burton and Bradford Anderson. Oh, you saw Stone Cold and Jekyll. Yep, that's it. And you and Pam were right. It was very moving, very funny. Um, and if you catch it, Bradford nearly sat on my lap during the interactive. There you go. And he was reaching over to this one lady who had a question because he was doing the things and right, then the he goes up and says Brad be careful you're going to sit on his you're going to sit on that guy's lap and then he met me <laughs> <laughs> in front of everybody <laughs> so it oh was very God. the show was first that I was basically the same thing when Bradford came well Steve did they did their little thing um there was the Q&A section, there was um, Bradford opened the show saying that Steve was late. He was stuck in the beauty parlor <laughs> and getting his tresses done and like that. So they did that. And then they did their they did their little comic routine and and I said there was one part Steve was talking about his his section, and the one thing is, he was talking about his twin brother, and he says he wished he had a twin who liked me and entered Bradford with that blonde wig. Oh, my God. So they did, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Did did Steve do the Maurice Bernard impression? Yes, he did. Yes! Yes! Yes, he did, yes. and and then um, Steve let Bradford wear his jacket, so he could oh, be God. Jason. <laughs> and he says, "Oh, <laughs> it was just, it was so funny." And then we had after after the show, there was the VIP one. We were right. dismissed one row at a time, and it took a while. And I had to save my juice on my phone, so I right. had room for just one shot of that. And then, um, then my phone went dead; the battery went. So, oh. and I couldn't charge it any place. So at least I had that one shot. But after all that was done, those who wanted to, there was that cocktail party after. Right. Um, 
that was separate from the show and the VIP. You had to pay. That was additional money right. for that. And, and um, that was more of an intimate time where they would talk to people. You, um, he, They would talk to everybody. You had time for autographs then because it wasn't as big. Not everyone signed up for that. Right. And there was a lot of... And the funny part was, I said, when Brad, when Bradford came around to me, I said, sit right here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you can sit. He said, no, that's all right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I said, my I offered, gosh. I offered my lap. Steve laughed. And I, says, I said, Steve, I offered Bradford to sit on my lap, but he declined. He said, <laughs> he said, smart man. This was your first time meeting them, right? No, I met I met Steve six years ago after he left. Oh, okay. General Hospital, and I met. That was my first trip to Syracuse. So okay. that's when I found out. When take, it was sort of a reunion. I met. Take Two Radio opened, and on the first day that Take Two Radio started was the day I was going to meet Steve Burton and he was in Syracuse. Okay. And then and then I met the promoter there, so it's like uh you know, it's sorta of like an anniversary, so it's been six years. Aww. Steve was here six years ago. Six years ago November would be. Yep. Aww. So yeah, uh, See? and they couldn't be they were very sweet to everybody. We all got a hug at the end. He hugged that, everyone. Well, yeah. Thank you for yeah, coming and all that. Yeah, that's something, and I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to take this moment. Is anybody who's thinking about going to, like, to see Steve and Bradford because they have upcoming dates, I would right. suggest to go because, it's, you know, with Pam, me, and David, like, all of our events, even though, you know, like, Stephen Bradford was there, hello, there are certain things that they did that's going to be the same, but there's things that's obviously different that makes it more personal. And, but the one thing is, is that they hug you. Like, I, I'm pretty, Bradford is the bigger hugger. I mean, I love Steve, but Bradford just brings it all in. He's like, oh, come here. Like, he you know, it's like. Like, you've known him for so long, you know, via, you know, General Hospital, obviously. But it's, it's just that that moment, and, and David, I'm pretty sure you had it, where you're just like, yep. wow. Yeah. Yep. It was so very, go. very warm feeling. Yeah. It's a very warm a feeling. When, anyway. Yeah. When General <laughs> Hospital visits Syracuse, it's a very warm feeling. It, it's so nice yeah. that we I have something nearby me. I mean, it's only a hour and a half train ride, basically. Maybe a little more, depending if the train is late. Mm-hmm. But, and I stay over. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's very nice that she has that up there. I never knew that she was up there like that, and she's been doing what? this for years. 
She's been doing oh, yeah. this for years. She's had, um, um, she told me, okay, I can give you a list on who she had before I got there. Um, she had Cameron Matheson up there. Yeah. When he was doing Dancing with the Stars. Stars. She had, um, oh, what's his it was name? Events by Wendy, Nick? right? Events by Wendy, yes. Yep. Shout out to Wendy. Hey, Wendy. <laughs> um, she had, um, what's his name who played Nash on One Life to Live? Oh, um, um, what? I, I forgot. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Is it Forbes Marks? Yep, that's him. One, Forbes Marks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Barash was there before I got. Um, let me see. Uh, Trevor St. John. Ah. Nick Ro- Nick Robach. This was before ah. I, even I got there. So, in 2000, um, let me see. Um, and she had a funny story about when Trevor was up there. He was so sick. She used huh. to, she told me. Yeah. Um, so let me see, they had, and then, uh, well, Dom Sempronia has been there a couple times. Right. I went to see his first time up there, he and Jason Thompson, okay. So when I went, it was 2012. Okay. And, and it was Steve Burton first, then we kept following, um, Dom and Jason were second, uh-huh. Dumb and Jason Thompson, followed by uh, Scott Reeves and Lisa Lo Cicero in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there were two, and well, sometimes she had one a year, sometimes it was twice a year. And then, um, let me see. Dom's been there a couple times, but there's once. Um, after, and it, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to get them up there because, not you know, not everyone wants to come, and right, we don't know the reason for that, and so we don't go there. Um, so let me see who else. Lisa was the only woman that's been there. Um, you know, we had, we had Roger Howarth. Okay. We had Roger twice. So Roger came, Roger came in one year. Oh, one year we did get three. And it was Tyler, Christopher, Rick Hurst, and Jason Thompson. Okay. And then we there was Roger by himself. And then last year was Roger and Michael Easton. This time right. was Bradford and Steve. Steve. So, and look forward. I'm looking forward to May because she's hoping to get something going in May. Oh, sure. Yep. 
There you go. And I, yeah, she I mean, wants to, she she wants to get Josh Swickard up there with uh, two other oh, guys who've already been there. I'm pretty sure if if it's Wendy, she'll she'll get it. She'll get it done. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm gonna say this, you know, because obviously if you go over to TakeTwoRadio.com and you look at the fan events and everybody who has gone, you can. You know, yes, I know if Pam is listening, I know, Pam, I have to submit all of mine. But <laughs> um, the thing is, is that with these fan events, and I've been saying this a lot lately, is, you know, I know everybody hears about, you know, General Hospital Fan Club Weekend and the convention and the Young and the Rustlers and Bold and the Beautiful, which is next year. And I know the first thing everybody does freak about is the money. I trust, trust and believe, honey, we all know that. But when they're doing, like, Fantasy Weekend and, you know, Steve and Bradford and, you know, even, you know, and shout-out to Starstruck Events because, you know, I didn't think I was going to do another soap event, but uh, guess who's going somewhere next weekend? Yeah, Uh, me. You're going to Virginia. I'm going to Virginia. This is, you know what, I've met Jake Hogerson before when he came to Baltimore. And that was many moons ago because him and Jackie Zeman came. And I've met, like, you know, as far as days go, this is going to probably be my first one. And I, and it's funny because I've met I've met James DePiva and I met Cassie DePiva, obviously, at, you know, various events when it was in New York City. I've never met Paul Taffer, who plays Xander, so this is going to be my first time. But I've been right. saying for the last two years I wanted to meet Eric. I said, I want to meet Eric. Every time I turn around, like if he had an event in Hershey Park, because he's from PA, and that's not too far from me, I'm like, okay, I can go. But it it, it just never happened. And Lord and behold, I'm going to meet Eric for the first time next week, next Saturday, and I don't know how I'm going to (laughs) act. It's like I do know how I'm going to act. But it's... It's it's going to be one of those things. I, that's why I tell people, I said, look, you know, if they're in a city near you or in your city, you know, there is affordable events. Even if, look, I'll I say it like this. Even if you're not, like, really feeling the shows right now, but you like the actors, show them love. Go. Like, experience it. Because it's amazing the memories that happens there. Like, you have so many memories of going to these fan events. And not only that, and I always, I always say this, you know, some people, David, you probably know this too, is that, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about soap operas. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I'm, I, just, I do. So, woo, right. And when you go to these events, I always say you're home because you have other people who, who are watching the same show you are who may not agree on a lot of things that you may agree on and vice versa, but you're there to support the actors and you're having fun and you can actually make friends. I've made so many friends, including these, these group of people on take two radio. I've met so many friends because of the soaps and it's, you have that bond, you have that experience and that's the best thing about these fan events. So definitely go, 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 <laughs> That's my PA announcement with that. My public service announcement. Go. <laughs> oh, Go and have Bradford Anderson sit on your lap. <laughs> Go, <laughs> Go have 
that that moment where you're acting against Michael O'Leary and you're kind of being the seductress. I cannot believe I did that. Uh, don't worry, we'll we'll oh, I'll so figure cool. how to get the video up there so everybody can see it. I'm oh, not seeing cool. it. I'm just letting everybody know. I'm gonna be one of those people. I can't watch my acting. <laughs> oh. Can't do it. Oh God. And, it's Emmy yeah. Award winning in its own right. Oh, that was another thing. Jerry Van Dorn, um, to raise more money for autism, he actually had his daytime Emmy, and you got to take a picture yeah. with it. So I'm now a proud, I'm proudly say this, okay? I am now a yeah. three-time daytime Emmy Award winner holder. Holder. Because I've held the Emmy three times. Three times because of Jerry, and one time because of Chad Brandon, who plays Xander in General Hospital. So there you go. I mean, it's 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 those memories, it's those moments that you know. It may sound, you know, if I told somebody else like, "Hey, I held a daytime Emmy," they'll be like, "Really? Oh, that's great." But for so fans, we know how how big of a deal that is. Like a daytime Emmy. Oh my God. It's not heavy, yeah, by the way. Not heavy. They are heavy, yeah. aren't they? A little bit. They're not. Actually, you know what? They're not. Chad Brandon, he said the same thing to me. He was like, it's really heavy. And I'm like, no. He was like, you want to hold it? Sure. <laughs> yeah, Eric Clark like, oh, says they're not. like two barbells. It's, Put one in each hand. They're like know, two barbells in each hand. Two dumbbells I, in I each think hand. It's one of those things where it's like you, when you look at them and, and the actors are like, wow, this is really heavy. But to the parents out there who, who have newborns, and like I said, I, I work with newborns, they're not heavy. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not heavy. <laughs> but, yeah. So you met Steve, so you saw Steve and Bradford, and he, Bradford sat on your lap. There you go. Well, he wanted to. <laughs> But oh, okay. he changed his mind. Yeah. Darn it. So, for all of those Young and the Restless fans out there, shall we tell them what's coming up? Oh, my God. Okay. Oh. All of you who in the Clearwater, Florida area, coming Saturday, October 13th. Now, there are three things. I can't read it. Daniel Goddard and Jason Thompson, who play Kane and Billy, Kane Ashby and Billy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, will be in Clearwater, Florida, on the Soap This event. So, in order, if you want information on tickets, number one, you go to Soap This on Facebook, and you can find the information. Or yep. you can go to soap, soapthis.ticketleap.com, and you can find out there. Now, there are still some tickets left I was made aware of, so I would act quickly because you have uh-huh. no Saturday. Um yeah. Um I don't know how ma- I don't know how many have been sold. But um this is your opportunity and um for those of you who haven't met them, I can tell you 
first ten. Jason is very polite. He is uh, shy at first. He's shy, reserved, and playful at the same time. I met him I twice. I believe that. So, yeah. I, I met uh, him out Starbucks in New York when Kimberly McCullough was signing my book, and he had Starbucks. I didn't really talk to him, but I could tell he was just very humble. <laughs> Yeah, he he is. He's 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 quiet, but he he's very appreciative. He's very appreciative. I haven't met Daniel Goddard, but I'd like to believe he's the same way. Because if you see him, he's very social media oriented. Yes, he and, is. And he just loves his fans. If you can, if you notice. So. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're both going to be gracious to you. Yeah, and real quick, we want to send our thoughts and prayers to Daniel Goddard's father. Um, I believe he was released from the hospital today. If you don't know, uh, Daniel Goddard's father took a really nasty fall and was injured, but he's okay now, and he's being released. So thoughts and prayers go out to Daniel Goddard. So, yeah. Yep. That's very nice. Yeah, that was sad. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, sad. and I guess. And before I mean, we I end, say, should we say a prayer? Yes, um, sending prayers to Caroline first yeah. and foremost. Um, actually, to everybody who's being affected by Hurricane Michael, I, you, you know, our thoughts are with you guys. Please, you know, it, I mean, if you've been watching the news, you know, you know how bad this is. So thoughts and prayers goes out to them. To Pam, you know, <laughs> hopefully the flood ain't that bad, but, you know, thoughts and prayers that, you know, there's a a plug, a plug or something to stop the water. Um, to Anthony, Anthony, we need for you to get better because, honey, we need to talk about some stuff that's going on in the soap world. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I need you, Anthony. So, yeah, thoughts and prayers, to, like I said, to everybody who's being affected by the hurricane and and and, and sickness as well. Because, you know, this is the time of the year. Everybody's getting sick, whether it's the flu yeah. and, and whatnot. So, yeah. And um, side note real quick, you know, October is the month of, you know, um, of breast uh, cancer awareness month. Ladies. Ladies, we you know, there's a lot of daytime fans who are ladies. Check yourself. Go to the doctor for a second opinion, okay? We, you know, breast cancer strikes at the age of 18. You know, they tell you get mammograms at 30 or, you know, later on. No, if you have a history of it, go check it out ASAP. That's about it, my end. That's about it. So yeah. when will we be back next there, Candace? Oh, my gosh. Next time we'll be back is, like, what, the 20... 14, I, 25th? I mean, 25th, yeah. And I, by then I will meet Eric. Oh, God. I would have met Eric by then. So, and shout, real quick, shout-out to Starstruck uh, Events. If 
there are still tickets available for the Days of Our Lives event in Alton, Virginia, on um, that starts uh, Saturday, uh, October 20th to the 21st. Go to StarstruckEvents.com um, for more info. You know, this is hey, it's Cassie the Piver. It's Jake. It's James the Piver. It's this guy named Paul who plays Xander. He's so good looking, shirtless. And and this guy named Eric Maltal. He used to be on the show called Passions. But he's now like being, he was electrifying today on Days of Our Lives for those who saw it. I, I, yes, I don't he know. Was. <laughs> it was electric. Now I'm gonna watch Grease. It's electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> we need to play that. We need we, that should have been the end song. It's like so. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back on the twenty fifth and Yep. To discuss and rave and rant and all that good stuff about the shows and events and hopefully the crew all of us will be here together. So and thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you T C for joining us tonight. And David always a pleasure. Yeah. Always a pleasure, David. We got each other. You guys have a good night. Yep. Yep. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Night, everybody. Get connected with Take Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit TakeTwoRadio.com.